0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla Speedtest Intelligence data, Q3 2022, and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details
1: uh aj thank tell your mom i had a great time i will
2: uh she actually i was i I drove her home the other day and then she was like i was actually gonna ask him in the comments if we're still on
1: (laughs) i'm ready when you are
0: this is
3: the bill squire show
1: Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Bill Spire Show. I'm here with uh, AJ DeCosimo, my co-host, and Dave Williamson, who is doing one of the coolest, most unique tours of stand-up and barbecue that I've ever heard of. And uh, he's going to be in uh, the Cleveland area next week in Aurora at uh, Chefsky's Barbecue, right? Old Chefsky's. Old Chefsky's, that's what it is, yeah.
3: Which is an awesome place, man. If you haven't been before, it hasn't been open that long. Uh, uh, Jason and Grace's wife used to sell barbecue out of a, a roadside stand, right? So uh, one of their parents had a fruit stand, like a little market. And so they would cook barbecue and sell it there. And then they got um, rated the number one barbecue in Cleveland by the Cleveland newspaper, whatever the main newspaper is there. Yeah, probably a uh,
1: Plain dealer. Plain dealer yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. Whoever rates that stuff. So it was a big deal. So then they kind of used that to launch themselves and they had the confidence to then open up a brick and mortar. And they found this place in Aurora, which is so cool because it butts up next to a park. So mm-hmm. it's just a perfect place for like a real authentic feeling barbecue restaurant uh, in the Aurora area area. And so I met them when I was doing my podcast. I was in town uh, for just regular shows and I hit them up because uh, I Googled and they came up as number one barbecue. And so I went to go do my podcast, meet Dave with them. And I met them at the brick and mortar. They had just signed the lease. So it was like, destroy, it was like nothing. It was like a yeah. shell of a building, right? And then they were telling me on my podcast about their dream of what they were going to do. So they made a comment like, oh, this would be a great place to do a, an event because we we tend to have a lot of events since the park's next door. And I was thinking in my brain, like, I don't know when I'll ever do a, bar, a, a comedy show at a barbecue restaurant, but yeah, it is a great place for events. And then if, here we go, fast forward to maybe like, a year and a half two years later and i'm coming through aurora doing a show at the barbecue restaurant Dude, that's, Not the way there i'm doing it all over the country
1: right that's amazing that's fun and so you you toured with bert kreischer uh, for years and you you were on the uh the theater tour or not theater the driving theater tour last year and that whole time and whenever you work with him like you're always sh- sharing this you know amazing barbecue that you're putting on uh he's putting on his story and people are just <laughs> raving about it you know there's just and I just like watching this. I'm, I'm like, man, I got to have some of that meat that looks so goddamn good. Uh, so for this all to come together where you're doing a barbecue comedy tour, I'm like, th- this is like the dream come true.
3: Yeah. I mean, I love anytime I can combine passions, you know, and uh, the main things in my life are comedy. I mean, other than my family, obviously, being that. But, yeah, that's uh, a com- given
1: you don't have to say yeah. that anymore that's like but, <laughs>
3: i got I, mean, I don't like even people
1: d- thank god after winning a basketball game like we already know we know we know just
2: yeah you uh, had nothing to do
3: with this right. <laughs> <laughs> um no but i mean being a dad is a big part of my personality so it's not even just like saying it as something that i um you know feel obligated to say mm-hmm. I, I mean it as like it's a big part of like who i am and my you know it shines through in my set and everything but no but hobby wise anyways i mean uh comedy obviously is a hobby that became my profession um and comedy is a huge chunk of my life um water polo has always been a huge part of my life i I played water polo and i just love the sport you know i'm real passionate about coaching and and uh you know mentoring kids and then uh barbecue now the past like six years i i it's i can't believe what a lesson that you can become so passionate and so into something and, and get good at something you know uh that you didn't learn as a kid, you know, something that you found later in life. And uh, I've just totally entrenched myself in it. And uh, so those three things, anytime I can combine any two or three of them at the same time, I'm so happy. So yeah, having barbecue and comedy when I'm touring with Bert, when I'm uh, doing this tour, just in general, it's, it's a lot of fun, dude.
1: Now the next step is to somehow, involve water polo into the next tour stand-up comedy barbecue and water polo and then have your kids come with you you get to put everything together uh and you you are very much uh, like a dad dude like the cool dad i feel like but like the cool dad and not like you're trying to like like you 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 like having fun with your kids you know i watch your stories and stuff like that and then your stand-up is a lot of like family stories and very like endearing because there's a lot of comics now i i feel like in the last like 10 15 years it's been like i'm gonna shit on my kids and that's not really what you do you kind of let them tell the story for your stand-up where it's like they're doing rad stuff and you kind of go along with it and turn it into like funny stories without just being like these dumb pieces of crap (laughs)
3: No, dude. did. Uh, well, first of all, you're totally right. I'm definitely a cool, fun dad. I try to tell them that all the time. They don't believe me. <laughs> I'd um, show them
1: this. They'll yeah. understand.
3: <laughs> yeah. Bill said so. Yeah. Uh, no, I, you know, I take that as a huge compliment, man. Thank you. You know, I, I never, that, that wasn't intentional, you know? Um, I, I just would tell stories from my point of view uh, on stage and And when I did my first album in 2012, one of the write-ups, somebody said that and they said, uh, you know, Dave Dave talks about a lot of the same topics you hear dads who are comics talk about, but he takes it from a different angle where you're actually uh, cheering for, you know, him and his family versus most comics who are like, ugh once you get married you don't have sex anymore right kids ruin your life you know like uh, a lot of venting
1: you uh, know things like that you know that was kind of the the norm where it's like you're venting about your kids and your you're but like uh, the story that you shared around christmas about uh, the elf on the shelf like hilarious <laughs> just like and, and clever and like relatable and and just like an enjoyable thing to hear and also like it's got a nice twist on it and even seeing you uh at the the drive-in tour with Bert which is one of the most difficult, like people don't understand how hard standup comedy is in general, but when you're doing it and there's a train going by you and there's <laughs> uh, you know, no audience that you can immediately have that reaction from and being able to, to still perform and, and have someone that has been to a billion comedy shows, enjoy it. Like that, that that's a, you know, shows what you, you're you capable of as a comic. So I'm excited to come out next week at Olszewski's and watch you do it in a much friendlier environment for comedy
3: yeah um well you know these these barbecue restaurants have a little bit of that that to it where they've never hosted a a comedy show before so we're showing up sometimes a few hours before the show Mm -hmm. and going all right how do we set this up you know and a lot of them it's outdoor areas and uh you know yes it is definitely Um, not as difficult as, uh, people having the customers or audience members in the car or in trains going by. Um, but yeah, I I think that, I think that if you, if there's one thing we learned from comedy during the pandemic, it's that, uh, you don't have to be such a snob about the venue. I mean, we were doing shows on zoom, which I never thought would be a thing ever. And they could be worthwhile and fun. You know, Mm -hmm. I did one yesterday. A corporate Zoom uh, from my campsite right, right in front of my trailer, uh, like the virtual background show right now, uh, we're using a hotspot in the middle of a campground out in Ohio somewhere. And I made a couple hundred bucks to a comedy on Zoom. I mean, it's crazy. I would have never thought uh, if we weren't forced to try it. And we didn't know when we were going on in that drive-in theater too, man. We had no clue whether it was going to work. Or. We were we were like,
1: oh, like well, let's
3: see how this goes. And then I imagine
1: look- it was one of those things where like every show was like very touch and go. And like, is this going to be the night that I stopped doing comedy altogether? <laughs> and like, but oh. you have that, that also as someone that was watching everything from, you know, your stories and stuff like that, how jealous like we were that like, oh, you're out doing it. Like, even if it's not the the exact situation you want to be in, but seeing how much fun you guys were having and, and the way like you got to be, creative and, and be able to you know go through something in a different way like it was it was really enjoyable to watch like as like in a voyeuristic way
3: Oh uh, dude i mean first of all it even if the shows were god awful it was well worth doing because we were all you know i mean everyone knows you, you were we were all isolated at our houses so to be able to be in a bubble with like your your friends mm-hmm. and, on a tour bus and to safely be able to hang out every night and write it off as work. It was like uh, so good for the mental health, man. It was a blast. So we, we didn't care what it was going to take to do shows. We were going to do them. but the audience was a big part of those shows being successful because I think they were feeling the same thing. They were so happy that we were willing to come to town and try it. And everyone wanted an excuse to get out of their house and they could do it safely. Cause it was a drive-in and just have their own little bubble and their little tailgate sometimes man the shows weren't going good you know sometimes i'd be like halfway through a set and i, I haven't gotten any momentum yet or i forgot a joke because we're rusty and i would just look out at the crowd and be like man it's really great to be here with you guys and everyone would be like yes, yes. like like nobody was like There's no snobs there was no one that was like oh my god this i've heard this joke before everyone was just like you know i was in philadelphia with the biggest i think venue we did was the parking lot outside of um eagles stadium in philadelphia yeah there was like 900 cars with like five people in them each you know like just uh cars as far as the eye could see with just like screens going back right it was incredible and i legit forgot a joke halfway through it um i i just forgot a joke i just said it wrong Mm -hmm. and, and and it's been forever since i i did that but i did and i look out of the crowd and i go i forgot the rest of this joke and if you know anything about the city of Philadelphia, normally they'd probably be on they board. With Santa you. Claus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it was—they were so supportive. Dude, it was like you know, like it, like I was a boxer on the ground. They're like, "Get up, we got you." You know, people were just so encouraging, and I was like, "All right, Philadelphia, good on you, man." Like, you right.
1: know? And Bill Burr heard that, and he's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> well, <laughs> I takes had to the <laughs> with these guys for ten minutes, and they he forgets a joke and they're like hey we all make mistakes
3: <laughs> hey man strange things happen during a pandemic
1: that's right uh so where where have you been so far uh on this tour uh doing uh and 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 kind of walk people through what they would expect if they're coming to see you at old shevsky's on uh it's next saturday may 29th correct
0: Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details.
3: Yep. Uh, so this is, even though it feels like I've been gone for weeks, uh, we've done three shows so far. Uh, we did San Diego um, at Cali Barbecue. We did um, uh, Fort Worth, Texas at Heims Barbecue. Awesome spot uh, there in Fort Worth. And, um, and then I did a set at the Memphis in May Barbecue Festival, which is the biggest barbecue festival in uh, the United States. And uh, I hung out for the whole weekend. Uh, and I was the first comedian to ever perform at the festival. See, they have like booths. There's hundreds and hundreds of tents, right? Yeah. And each barbecue team has their own setup, right? Big tents. Some of them have bring in like uh, carpenters and they build like two-story uh structures three-story structures with like parties on top and different levels i mean it's incredible
1: i've seen things like that for like the rib cook-offs that they do around here
3: yeah Yeah. it's bonkers so uh one of the um vendors uh, or one of the local barbecue restaurants hired me to come in and perform at their tent for their party on thursday night and uh they said there's been djs live music strippers Artists, anything you can name, uh, people have done at their parties. He goes, This is the first time anyone's ever had a stand up comedian. And it was a hit, dude. It was so much fun. And then I hung around the rest of the weekend and just popped around and saw all my buddies and, uh, you know, saw what they were cooking and helped out and checked things out and saw the winners. So um, it, it was a great weekend. And uh, so now we keep on moving. Um, uh, the next show is Boston on Thursday. And then I come down to Ohio to you guys and then a slew of shows uh, through June. So the way it works is um, I'm going to do a, a headline set, basically, which is fun for me because it's been well, since before the pandemic, since I've done headline sets on re- regularity. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to work out, you know, an hour, um, you know, trying to remember my old jo- jokes and, and work on new jokes and see how they come together throughout the tour. Um, and then at the end of that, I bring the local pitmaster or owner, whoever's there up to the stage and we do a and a with the audience. It's very interactive. Uh, it's kind of like a live version of my podcast. I can either talk stories and, and, and chit chat with them about barbecue or the audience could chime in and ask a question. Um, bear mountain barbecue, is um, a company that makes really awesome pellets for pellet smokers, mm-hmm. and they are sponsoring the tour. So we're giving away free bags of uh, Bear Mountain to everyone that comes out to a show, and koozies and swag. Oh,
0: awesome.
3: um, and then um, you know I have my that's own rub. Now something that I, I- want
1: to I mentioned. Yeah, you have yeah. your rub, which I, I definitely want to get some of yeah. that. Uh, and I, I like that the, you're getting a lot of bang for your buck for this. Like you're getting to see you do comedy, which in and of itself is worth the price of admission. But then like, all the barbecue you get and the swag that you get. Like, it's it's a really, I mean, you're putting your whole heart and soul into this. And so, like, that's what I find so astounding is, like, I know, like, when I'm putting shows together, it's, like, just doing the stand-up part is a ton of work. And you added this whole other level to it where it's, yeah. like, it's I'm so impressed by it.
3: And every restaurant's different. So some of them, I'm just charging an entry fee for the show and then they could buy barbecue or beers on their own. Yeah. Other ones we're doing a whole combination thing and the barbecue restaurants want to make it like, you know, uh, a great event. And and Mm -hmm. they want people to get bang for the buck too. So what most of them are doing is it it comes out to being around 45 bucks and you get a barbecue plate and a non-alcoholic beverage with that plus the show and all the stuff you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to buy more beers or barbecue, you can buy that on top also. But yeah, we're, we're trying to make it an event that's easy for people to say, yeah, let's go out to that, you know. Uh, I just wanted to get on the road and, and do something cool um, and, and not lose money on it, basically.
1: <laughs> yeah. And how, how'd you get into uh, barbecue? Like, what what led
2: you down this path? Yeah, I was actually going to ask that. Like, I'm glad it's like barbecue and not like taxidermy. Because <laughs> like that, I I'd imagine like some people would have a hard time like,
3: you know, going to that show. (laughs) Um, well, so how did I get into barbecue? Um, I basically loved eating it. (laughs) And, uh, especially when I started touring a lot, um, doing comedy, uh, I thought I knew a lot about barbecue. Uh, I went to college in Auburn, Alabama, and there was a great little smokehouse there called Byron's. And I ate there literally every other day. And then I, uh, after college, uh, moved up to charlotte north carolina and uh to chase my my wife up there uh who i was dating at the time and i got a job with red bull and i get in that little suzuki with the big can on top and we'd have yeah. to drive all over the state so i made it a mission to to try to eat as many barbecue places around north carolina as i could while i was on shift and um i don't know i just always liked like see i was always intrigued by the the um you know the the lure uh, and and the science behind it and all that, but cooking it I didn't get into until way later when um, I, I discovered Texas barbecue when I was performing in Austin, Texas with Paul Varghese. uh It's a very funny comic. Yeah, know, he, so we're out drinking the first night. We're hitting it off, you know, fast friends. And uh, he goes, "Hey man, do you like barbecue?" I, go, I love barbecue. I'm a barbecue expert. I've eaten at so much barbecue places. And he's like. All right, cool, man. I'm going to take you to the places to get the best brisket tomorrow. And I go, what's brisket? He goes, you don't know shit about barbecue. <laughs> 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 so i never been to a Texas spot before. So, yeah. so he comes and knocks on my door at 11 o'clock. And I'm like, you're awake already? He's like, yeah, man, we got to hit a lot of spots. He's like, I got a lot to show you. And I was like, whoa, all right. So we went to like five sp- places. He was like ordering for me. Like we're on a date. Like he was just taking the menu away from me. He's like, we're going to have the three meat platter. With them, he's like ordering all specific at each place. And I, I was blown away. I mean, I was blown away. So I immediately started booking Texas shows every year to make sure I could go. I don't care if it was like the worst gig on earth. I was doing it just so I had an excuse to go eat barbecue in Texas once a year. Uh, like Killins in Houston, I used to love going to every year. All the Austin spots. I mean, pretty much anywhere you end up in Texas, you could find real authentic stuff. Mm-hmm. So then I would get mad once I moved to LA and I'd, I'd, I'd fly home to LA and I couldn't get good barbecue anywhere in LA. Now there's more places where you, that you could get good barbecue. Back then couldn't find anything. So I just got mad one day. And as I do with most of my hobbies, I just looked at my wife and said, I'm going to learn how to do this. And I went to home Depot that day and I bought a terrible little $100 smoker. That was worth, it wasn't worth shit. Yeah. And, um, I, I started watching YouTube videos and I ordered like Aaron Franklin's book. And, uh, you know, I started uh, when I would go on the road and, and go to these restaurants, I'd ask talk to the pitmaster. and I'd ask questions. Um, I started a meat journal, which I, I'm not I don't even write down my jokes in a notepad like every comedian does. But I have a little meat journal where I record. everything. I love that. You know? I love that. I like you're like, ah,
1: jokes are in my brain, but meat I need <laughs> to get on paper. Yeah, I Figure all this stuff out. But,
3: but, you know, so when I first started comedy, I wrote everything down. Mm. And then as I got on stage more, I, I was more comfortable writing on stage, and that's what barbecue is like for me too. At first, I had to write it down. Yeah, uh, every time I don't really have a good memory for technical stuff, so I got to remember. Like, all right, last time the pork came out awesome. What did I do? Last time the chicken came out overcooked. What did I do? How do I adjust it? Right. Mm. But now that I've been doing it for a while, now I, I don't write it down anymore. Now it's it's uh, like comedy. I just I. I it's I, locked uh, in and it's kind of muscle yeah, memory
2: at this
1: point now i
3: create now it's now it's uh, art baby now you're you know what's
2: harder like what like the learning curve? like stand up or being good at barbecue like what's <laughs> harder
3: oh man that's tough i mean i have i mean i think there's so much so many similarities because like both you you um you kill you, an animal <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> i mean so So cooking barbecue for people in bulk is harder, whereas comedy, the more people you're performing for, uh, For the easier it usually is. right? Yeah, that's Uh,
1: a weird juxtaposition there.
3: But, but, you know, barbecue, the the things that's similar about both of them, I don't know which one's harder, but the things that's similar about both of them is uh, that no matter how good you are, every time right before you're, like, going to feed that person or you're about to tell your first joke, you're nervous because... You're like, I know, I know that the expectation's high. Mm-hmm. I know people came here to be pleased. And I'm like, what if this is the one time I let someone down and they're going to think that's the norm, right? Yeah. So, so it, the, the stakes are high on both. But then once you get that first validation, that first lap, that first, like, you know, eye roll to take a bite, then you're like, oh yeah, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I what was I worried know. about? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and here's another similarity. You get to a point where you do it, you do both, you know, you dedicate yourself that if you, if, if I have a bad set, the crowd probably doesn't notice. And if I don't cook the best brisket, my guests probably aren't going to, they're going to think it's awesome. But right. I'm like, man, this could be better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You Literally. become your
1: own right. harshest critic, like, and you get in your head about these little things. You're like, oh, I let this, you know, cook for a little bit too long, or I didn't get the, the dry rub right or whatever it is. And same with like the material, you're like, oh, I got to change these words around and you get to yeah. that point. And that's when I think, you know, you're actually very good at something because something that was okay, was, was received well, you're like, I can still make that better. And that's, yeah, that's yeah. kind of a nice place to be.
3: Yeah. Now, you're, what, not, you're, you're not complacent. Yeah.
2: What about water polo? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: uh, uh, um, I have a lot of analogies with water polo too. I got more water polo probably. Oh, wow. <laughs> Trust me, man. I have these different uh, uh, parts of my personality that get unlocked. You know, the guys on um, tour always laugh at me. You know, sometimes they'll call me Coach Dave when I'm starting going into like coach mode. Sometimes, um, you know, dad, when I go out, and I'm, I'm, uh, there's a drunk person and I'll be in their dad. And, you know, it's. Oh, like- man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I get into the dad mode quite a bit. Yeah. Where, you know, my kids are getting older now. Like the, my youngest is about to graduate from high school. And so they're all, like, grown because I came into, like, they're, they're my stepkids, and I've been their dad for, like, 15 years. And, like, uh, you know, they don't see their biological father. And my ex-wife's a little bit older, but I've been in their life this whole time.
3: Yeah, that's and awesome. So,
1: like, all that stuff, like, that dad stuff becomes muscle memory. So you learn, I think you learn a lot about de-escalation as a dad if you're, like, doing it right. Where Hold you're it. just, like, okay, you're really upset. And, like, you kind of get on and you like, yeah, I'm mad about this, too. Why are yeah. we mad about this? And then Hold it, kinda, it Gets on their their side and then they're like, hey, hey, this is all right.
3: So, like, same thing with coaching, man. If we have a two-minute timeout and I have to, like, calm people down and then still have enough time to call a play, like, you don't have time to be like, hey, man, here's a – I disagree with you. Here's a really – it's easier sometimes to be like, hey, man, I agree with you, but this Mm -hmm. is why we need to do it this way. Right. Just because that's going to get them mentally where they need to be to listen and change their attitude and then go – Forget about this the the fight they're getting into and start thinking about winning the game, right? And then after the game, you come up to them and go, like, hey man, that's bullshit that you were acting that way. You know, that, <laughs> exactly. Then you, exactly then you can have a longer yeah, conversation. After, you know? after the
1: emotions have subsided yeah. and they like feel like, okay, I did everything that I can to get it out. Yeah. Like sometimes being in the moment with your kid, or you know, like you said, coaching, or even with stand-up, like if if the crowd's turning on you, sometimes that's what you have to do, is be like, yeah, you guys. You're right. I do yeah. suck right now, and then you get on there. I don't like me either. Yeah. yeah. And then boom! All of a sudden, they're laughing, and you can get back to to doing okay. I mean, that's especially doing like shitty road gigs, you definitely know how the, those how to maneuver through those situations. Hundred percent.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet.
2: house cleaning or
0: Chumba Chumba Casino always brings the fun play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere you could redeem some serious prizes Chumba Casino.com live the Chumba life no purchase necessary prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details oh
1: man uh thank you so much for being on the podcast uh once again he's going to be at old chef's Kiss, you can go to dave williamson.com or dave see work. where yeah to see where you're at uh because you're going all over the country and so even if you're you know we have listeners everywhere so if you're not in the cleveland area there's definitely other places you can go in and check him out see his comedy and then follow him on uh, instagram and twitter and youtube at dave w comedy
3: that's it and uh so I got about seven or eight tour dates up on the schedule right now. And any minute now, uh, Augusta, Georgia, Birmingham, um, Greenville, South Carolina, and two or three more, um, uh, where I, Eagle, Colorado, um, are all going to be added. And then I'm still trying to add some uh, in around Nashville, Louisville, Indy when I come back up through the gut in a few weeks. So if anybody's got a good venue out there, let me know.
1: All right, yeah, we'll have uh, them reach out to you, and uh, thanks, man. And I'll, I'll be there uh, next week, uh, checking out the the comedy and the barbecue.
3: Love it, man! Can't wait to see you guys.
1: Hey, everybody! I hope you enjoyed that interview with Dave Williamson. Uh, very interesting guy. Please check out his show at uh, Old Chef's Keys. Old chef keys, and chef keys, chef, oh, It's in Dave Williamson. How are they supposed to check it out? Dave, they don't know the name of the Dave, fucking place. DaveWilliamsonComedy.com. I'm going. It'll tell you. It's gonna be a good time, and uh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time uh aj uh is my co-host and you can check him out on instagram because he said last week that he's gonna make an instagram i didn't do it oh you didn't do it did no, you you piece of fucking shit dude i wore i i, just, I don't have excuses don't make excuses just do uh, it by I'm next week
2: it. i'll do it by next week do it by next week i'll do it by next if you week. don't
1: do it by next week there's gonna be some sort of punishment
2: really what's the punishment i don't
1: know yet it'll depend on if you do it or not we'll come up with a punishment based on if you do it or not uh, I'll fire you off the show.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> All right, fine. How's that sound? Man, how am I going to make money now? <laughs>
0: it's not about the money. It's about I know, the love just, of the game.
2: It is the love of the game. That's why I do it.
1: Uh And our official sponsor, we had teased it before, will start next week as well. Oh, and cool. next week is the one-year anniversary of the Bill Squire Show.
2: Whoa! Yeah. So, I think it's official now. I have been on the show more than anyone else yes, has. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but
1: John Bruton's going to come back for next week too. Oh, cool! So I think we're going to try and do all three of us at the same time. So we're going to share a mic. Uh, no, I have. A, I have. I can do another mic. And mm-hmm. also, I just got off the phone with. Uh, well, not off the phone, but like was texting with my boss, and I might have some new equipment coming because Ooh. he's a he's a believer in this podcast. So. Oh, that's awesome! So that means a roadcaster. That,
2: that, that oh, really? Yeah, dude, that thing's awesome. I know, I know, that thing's awesome. So we'll see what happens. All, All right, little effects on it. Yep. You want to do a joke? Yeah, I'll do a joke. Do I start this week or do you... no? Oh, you start this week. Oh, I did. I, I went fair. first last week. If so you're that new indi- to the show, that if... indirectly means that your boss is a believer in me too. Sure. Yeah. That's that's a good point. All right.
1: So here we go. Careful of the table you're getting all this confidence and swinging around feeling really good and once he buys the table that's when you know he's real serious that's right uh but all right so let's let's get into this uh and if you haven't been listening or this is your first episode uh we we've started this thing and, and it's kind of become the format of the show where we do monologue style jokes like you'd hear on the late night talk show and those lead into discussions and then we you know jump from topic to topic using these jokes as the jumping off point. So let's start with this one. Uh, cryptocurrency prices plummet this week, forcing thousands of young men to finally talk about any other
2: topic. <laughs> That's better than my uh, cryptocurrency right, joke that I'm going to crypto- go
1: with. Let's go with your cryptocurrency uh,
2: Bitcoin plunges below $40,000 as China widens its crypto lockdown, which proves without a shadow of a doubt that I once read an article that I don't completely understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good too. Thank you. I, um, Do you own any crypto? What? Do you own any I, I ha- I'm I'm in doge yeah. because I just think that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. But I don't really the thing it can't be real. Like it can't sustain No, no, no. It, you it's a pump and dump. But if you But if, ask, if you take it for that, it's pump and dump. But if you ask people who back crypto, like they're they're like it's the future. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's it, made
1: up. It, pretend it, it's all pretend it's but all money is pretty much made up and pretend now you right but- off the gold standard for a long time but what the way they mean it's the future is one of these will eventually be the global currency okay and that will be but it's got to be accepted as such and so it will based on everything that we've seen it's probably going to be bitcoin or eth- 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 ethereum? ethereum yeah something like that uh but i don't I, I think we're also a hundred years away from that.
2: Right. But even if we're, we're looking at this stuff, like it it, it plummeted, like the actual it's, it's, dollar doesn't, I mean, it fluctuates, but it doesn't plummet like that plummet. Right. But
1: that's, this is also in its infancy, infancy.
2: Right. No, I understand. But I mean, like I said, I mean, we're hundreds of years away.
1: And people are, are doing it as a way to just make money right now.
2: No, th- I understand so
1: once, that. once it becomes more stabilized and it becomes the standard, it... Will stabilize, I imagine,
2: but anything like, but <clears throat> <clears throat> that, that it's can also, go up and down by the CEO of Tesla just saying something about it on Twitter, right? But but what,
1: but that's because there's still not enough people worldwide that have bought into it. Where I mean, look at the way that Donald Trump could manipulate the stock market.
2: No, I understand, but so right, I mean, that makes sense. But but the the value of the dollar, the actual currency, it's like the amount but did, of money, it, but it would jump.
1: It wouldn't jump as much. But I mean, if you know anything about Forex trading you, which people, i don't people well people trade for like they they trade uh other like different countries' currency based on similar information okay so my buddy is a forex trader and he's made probably millions of dollars trading forex
2: doing that so what the fuck am I, are we doing this for because why are we here? <laughs> why are we just doing that? with love, yeah. love of the game love, love of the, of the game. game there you go love of the game that's why mm-hmm. all right next joke uh, it's your no it's your turn oh, i did my, my bitcoin you did
1: joke it. all right demi lovato announced being gender fluid and will use pronouns they them in support i'd like to get a whiff of their gender fluid <laughs>
2: what it's tell weird. me about this gender fluid where does it come from? <laughs> How do you juice it? <laughs> I think uh, is there a
1: poll? I think you buy him dinner and then you see where <laughs> oh. things go. Bill, that's a sex thing. Is, is that a sex thing? I don't know. Buy him <laughs> dinner. Well, you, you're charming. You make them laugh. Right. You make him feel comfortable. You use the proper pronouns, and then all of a sudden, the gender fluid is lubing up all the that's a, gender.
2: That's a big deal, right? That's a big deal. That's a good thing <laughs> that she did that, or they did that. Boom. Yeah. And people act like it. Here's why there's a DJ
1: in Boston that got all fired up about it, was making jokes about it. He's a 71-year-old man, but he's still on, like, a pop station. And he had to apologize because he was belittling it. And I kind of went on this whole, not rant, but just this thing on the Alan Cox show where I was just talking about, like, people get upset about this because they don't understand it. And rather than trying to empathize with these people that are going through a situation like I don't understand what Demi Lovato is going through but I understand that they have had situations or or moments in their life that have put them in this mindset where they go I would like to remove gender or or be non-binary or not be put in this box because it doesn't make me feel comfortable and it's, it's just not who I am so rather than dismissing their experience i just try to understand it that's because mm-hmm. it it seems to me gender is a binary thing because that's the life that i've lived but i haven't lived their life right. i don't understand what they've been through so if what i one of the steps that i can take to make them feel more comfortable is, is using them an the ear yeah it's being not in that hard and listening and trying to understand Rather than dismissing it, I'm definitely going to take that track and try and understand them rather than dismiss what they've been through in their experience and what is happening. Because there's definitely been times in my life where I don't feel understood, where I don't feel like I fit in. So I can use that as a starting point to understand their experience.
2: Hmm put it into words i have nothing to say yeah yeah there you, I, go. Yeah, there you go all right do joke my time. joke my joke um do you see that texas governor greg abbott has signed a bill that bans abortion as early as six weeks into pre- pregnancy i did pundits are calling it a huge win for republicans and a huge loss for their mistresses <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's and here's the thing too and who does a bit about this? Who was it? I want to say it was... Oh, man. Oh, it's Steve Byrne. Steve Byrne does a bit about how people are very picky and choosy about when they believe in science. And even Mary shared this this meme today about, like, okay, if life starts at six weeks, is that when child support starts? Is that when, you know, all these other attributes that we assign to life begin all these, you know, responsibilities, all these nuanced things. Is and that, is and, that
2: is that when prenatal spanking starts? Right. When the exactly. baby's being yes. bad?
1: Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where I feel like bad they're, baby. They're fighting this war of and it's it, they're fighting this war for uh to <sighs> outlaw abortions just to appease voters that have archaic views of Pregnancy. Yeah. And it's, it's annoying because if, I don't know if you ever saw the video where Ben Shapiro is sparring with a dude from the BBC and the, like they're actually fighting. No, they're just like talking and Ben Shapiro is talking about abortion and stuff like that. And he's like accusing this guy of being like, he's like, you're a liberal. So of course you don't believe in, you know, human rights of, you know, of a, of a fetus or anything like that. And the guy's like a well-known conservative in great britain but they don't have the view where they they've tied their religion to
2: to their politics to their
1: politics in the same way where they go okay they go oh well no i'm a very much a conservative but i understand science and when they say that life does not begin at 6 weeks that's only something that people sign off on if they're trying to outlaw abortion right and then they also flip-flop on abortion all the time because th- they will get an abortion if it serves their purpose.
2: Yeah. I mean, there are a lot you of people. You think Donald Trump hasn't paid for abortions? Come on. Yeah. I mean, I I can name names. <laughs> 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 this guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've had like two or three today. Yeah, and i've been meaning to talk to you about that i'm sorry I well feel you like need you're st- going a little wild with all the abortions <laughs> that
1: you're just like are you now are you performing them are you just paying for them like and that might well, be a bill, problem with like bill, if you you, have... i know you're not the best with money uh <laughs> but when i
2: like maybe invest more in dogecoin and less in in, in, abortion. <laughs> in abortion well bill if you stop ejaculating inside me we <laughs> wouldn't have this problem well we've talked about that you can't get pregnant the way that i'm fucking you not with that attitude (laughs) (laughs) not with that attitude
1: all right my turn for a joke uh let's go uh legendary comedian paul mooney passed away this week at age 79 unfortunately against his wishes he will be remembered fondly by white people (laughs) He was so great, dude. He was so great. he was unbelievably <laughs> yeah. great, and just a very, uh, very insightful and honest comedian. And when people talk about honesty, like when when you want to, when people go like, "Oh, reverse racism's another thing," or they go, uh, "They talk about the black experience as white people." Go listen to Paul Mooney, and then and then tell me. That you think that black people aren't treated poorly in this country.
2: Oh, absolutely. And let's even go a little bit more shallower than that. Okay. Like, right? I mean, that's that's like the deep take. Yeah. But it and and which I agree with, but like the shallow take is that dude had his hands in some it's of so the funniest mm-hmm. stuff that has ever existed. Across when, decades. When he had Pryor's ear, yeah. he had Chappelle's ear. Yeah. Like that dude was just we laugh at things today because of Paul Mooney. like yeah he, he, he is he one made of the things ar- funny that weren't funny in the past. He was one of the architects.
1: That's a great way of looking to at it to what
2: we laugh at yeah in and, and 21st and that, century wow. America.
1: That's a great way to look at things. Very good.
2: Yeah. No. I mean, I, and and I mean, obviously, there was the deep take, which, yeah. which is what you had. But I think your
1: take was also, if not uh, deeper. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I You're just like, yeah. I was. Uh, so fuck uh,
2: you. <laughs> well, no. I mean, like I just always mm-hmm. looked at Paul Mooney as like very, very funny, and and you know me, I kind of like break down comedy. Like yeah. I kind of look at it like I dissect it, mm-hmm. and I mean, there's no way to tell the story, of. Not just the the african American experience, but the American experience without Paul Mooney in it, yeah, because I mean I think Pryor, if and, and I know we're kind of bringing in but those two are kind of connected they're, at the they're hip pretty forever.
1: yeah they're very I mean he was instrumental in helping Pryor get to where he was because he he was the sounding board yeah. I mean they, like they were
2: Pryor was the performer, but they they were the writers, yeah who and wrote together. Pryor is one of the top three great American artists in, in American history. I mean, it's Mark Twain, it's probably Charlie Parker, and then it's it's Richard Pryor. And Paul Mooney was the part of that DNA.
1: Just look up who Charlie Parker is. Jazz musician? Jazz, yeah, that's jazz, about, jazz okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Uh, all right, so, yeah. Yeah. All right,
2: joke. Oof. Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Namji officially signed on to make *Hocus Pocus* too. I Did you hear about that? Yeah. yeah, that's right. They get to stretch their acting muscles by playing three hundred year old women who existed in the past.
1: <laughs> I, I tried to do a joke about that, and I was just like, "Yeah." <laughs> I couldn't come up with anything that wasn't just like incredibly
2: mean. I well, no, and I know that that's mean, but I really do have fond fondness of for it. or of, no for all three of them. Uh, once
1: Sarah Jessica Parker shows me her tits, then then we can move on. But I'm still you you remember.
2: Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, She never showed her tits sex it in Sex and the, in the city, city. So
1: until I see her tits, I'm not seeing any of your movies.
2: That joke was way more mean than how I actually feel. <laughs> but I'm just like, okay, I'm running out of time. I need <laughs> a joke. So let's just do that joke. All right. Yeah.
1: We're going to move pretty quick through these today because we had the Dave Williamson part. So uh, The FBI announced more than 400 people have been charged in the January 6th Capitol building tour. <laughs> Hashtag Velvet Ropes Matter (laughs) Oh my gosh,
2: dude I'm never going to stop thinking that that's one of the most insane things I've ever seen The The, the, the riot Yeah, the riot And the insurrection And then
1: what what makes it even crazier is the Republican congressman that's like Well, it was nothing more than a little tour that got out of hand And then there's people like posting all these pictures of him trying to block the doors And him hiding behind a security (laughs) guard And it's like was it a tour, or were you and fucking the, scared for your and life? And the
2: active vice president actually acknowledging that what it was in the moment. Yes, exactly. That's insane. Yeah, and people. Mm. Ooh, uh, we're getting the new Omni. Oh my goodness! Wow, Omni
1: Roadcaster. So thank you very much. That's
2: cool. My uh, my boss. That's awesome. That's really exciting. Yeah, thanks, Bill's mm. boss. Man, he got that approved fast. That that means he believes in me too. That's what you keep saying, and
1: it sounds weird. <laughs> I want to believe in the him that believes He right, must not have watched the episodes where you didn't have a mustache. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. All right, do you, was that your last joke? No, I got one okay, more. Okay, do one more.
2: This one's not that funny, though. Well, that's... We can end if you want. No, because right. I got one more after that. The Senate is expected to deliver a report on UFOs to Congress next month, which clarifies that aliens inside the aerial crafts... Are not responsible for the criminal probe of the Trump Organization. <laughs> it was low hanging fruit. Getting a
1: little political towards the end. That's well, right. this is a,
2: a whole joke, joke. When you talk about the news, it tends to be be political. political. Yeah, yeah, dude. I think it's just why. Like, out of all the things that have happened in the last year and a half, the fact that the government is like <laughs> yeah, corroborating, there's yeah. There's <laughs> there's unexplained aerial there's, phenomenon, and and everyone's like.
1: They're just like, yeah, my... Like, our indifference to it is incredible. They're like, I trust science, and then uh, I don't, you know, fuck right. masks, all this difference of the vaccine, blah, 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 all this different stuff, and they're like, hey, here's a spaceship, and everyone's like, no, I can't mm-hmm. wrap my head around that. I've got to- they're just like, hey.
2: everyone around me is dying from this virus right now. Can we talk about that later?
1: Well, and the fact that we haven't blamed it on the aliens. There's an time.
2: insurrection. Can we talk about the aliens later? Yeah, we'll talk about the alien, but like, why not...
1: A- Assign the aliens some responsibility that they're the ones meddling in
2: the election or causing the insurrection, right? Or causing
1: you but no, spend we that, can't We can't think that far outside the box.
2: You could spin that, you could yeah. spin that narrative. I, um, I mean, it doesn't impro- like prove the existence of alien life forms right. on the crafts, but. It explains that, or not explains there, it there outright. Are says, crafts, yeah. yeah, there are the, this aerial phenomenon that we can't. It's fucking crazy.
1: It's so crazy. I can't fucking believe and also, that. It's not like it just came.
2: Like this stuff got leaked. Be, and
1: you know what makes this even crazier? The reason we know about this is because of Tom DeLong from Blink One Eighty Two.
2: Did you know that? Yes, did I did. You know that? He's I was the gonna go there if you <laughs> hadn't. But let's talk about.
1: Okay, Hey, Mom, there's something in the room. <laughs> Hope it's not them creatures from above. This is... They used to tell me stories.
2: <laughs> We're getting, like, legitimate government, like, declassified files yeah. of them going, yeah, we don't fucking know what that is. <laughs> and there's something flying around, and we have no goddamn clue what that by, thing by is. By someone that used to heavily peddle Hurley clothing. <laughs> By a dude with gauges. Yeah. <laughs> like, the reason why we know all of this existed um, is because of a guy that's on the soundtrack to our lives.
1: <laughs> and if there's anything I hope this uh, that happens from this is that he rejoins Blink-182.
2: They got to reunite.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I do like the new guy with them, too. But, you know, I just like it's the whole, never the same. I, I just our like hands whole, touched. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Ooh. I just like the whole band to be together. All right. Last joke. A new study suggests that diagnosing depression using brain biology will be a more be more effective in treating the ailment than studying the symptoms of depression like writing and performing comedy.
2: <laughs> That's right. Dude Dude, I was talking about this with someone the other day. Depression? No, not depression. Okay. Comedians. Mm. And they're just like you So hang yeah, out. depression. Yeah, yeah. It's like you hang out with comedians, right? I'm like yeah, they're like that must be a blast. I'm like there's just a bunch of people just sitting around going, Yeah, man, everything's terrible always.
1: <laughs> but trying to make it
2: funny but not doing a good job. Right. Yeah. We, we, it's every it's a bunch of people trying their best. Trying their best and just trying to like
1: make other people happy to so they can steal a little bit of it for themselves. That's right.
2: Yeah. All right.
1: Capture that. Take that uh, AJ thank, Tell your mom I had a great time I will uh, <laughs> She
2: actually I was I, I drove her home The other day And then she was like I was actually gonna ask him In the comments If we're still on
1: <laughs> I'm ready when you are Beth <clears throat> well, The bet takes me out That's of it right. Then That's then right then.
2: I'll take whoopsie For the day yeah. Right Yeah Give us a little uh, Adult time That's right Give me and whoopsie A little adult time Please don't fuck my dog Please don't fuck my mom <laughs> <laughs> don't know what you Deal
3: want <laughs> This is The Bill Squire Show.